It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. All right, well, let's do our roll call. I'm Michael. I'm Ryan. Uh, Gay Cox. We already Damn. said it. He already said it. Okay, well... Stop gaslighting wait, him. I'm not trying to gaslight him, I'm just trying to make <laughs> yes, sure everything's... Yes, you are! Stop, dude! Why the fuck are you doing this? Every single podcast, you set your little iron sights on King K, and you gun him down in the street. Fuck. Gun him down? What are you talking about? Because you're a gamer, dude! Gun him down with your facts and logic. Epic you, gamer you got moment. one of those Nerf Wii, like, uh, rifles. You remember you know those? We, you know what we actually get in our store now? We get like these Fortnite Nerf guns. Did you steal one? <laughs> no. Well, that would be like trying to steal like uh, a candy bar. Like a pile of garbage. I'm, yeah, I mean, what yes, he said. What he said. <laughs> yeah. Well, stealing a candy bar sounds easy. I've done it. Well, it's <laughs> like they're so cheap, you might as well pay for it. Yeah. Well, well isn't it the opposite? If it's so cheap, you might as well not pay for it? I don't know. Whatever. We're we're back. Chaotic good versus chaotic evil. I don't know. Uh, I kids, if you're listening, I would advise you to steal everything from the store, regardless okay. of whether or not it's cheap or expensive. Exo Paradigm Gamer Incorporated does not endorse the claims made by Hadox Incorporated. Hadox Inc. does endorse those claims. I think that everybody <laughs> should steal from Target. Target is too. <laughs> All right. Listen. Listen. Target is too big of a capitalist enterprise not to steal from. Why would you give money hey, to Target? Adox, would you because say I'd that rather they're give it to your them number one Walmart. Target? Mm. But who wants to go to fucking Walmart? The place is always a dump. Fuck that place. I hate Walmart. Exactly. Walmart. Like Walmart. Walmart's Fuck you, Walmart. We, I could talk about how bad Walmart is for hours. Do it. Of, oh it, do, it. do it. Do it right now. This, this is called the Roast of Wal there, Walmart. There is a book out there somewhere that is about Walmart. I don't remember who wrote it or what it's called, but it's Barack basically Obama talks about it. every time Was it the, fiction? the Waltons or whatever their last name is opens a new <laughs> Walmart somewhere. It depresses, it depresses wages in the area and forces local businesses to shut down because they can't compete. Then everybody ends up working there and makes shit money, essentially. So nobody wins from Walmart. Except right. for the people so who I get found, to pay five I found cents a little, for um, I found a fanfiction, it's called <laughs> A Trump X Walmart Fanfiction Part 3. <laughs> part so three. if I can begin... Um, <laughs> Did you like here, here's the story Ooh. if you want to follow along. Oh, this is a what? Wattpad. Fan. Welcome What's to this? Walmart, the man said to me as he handed me a flyer. I took the flyer, shoving it in my hoodie pocket. Walmart, eh? An interesting name it was indeed. Walmart. I personally like approve. Oh, because <laughs> it's a wall. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's wall. Get it? Build the wall. Walmart. Get it? <laughs> what the? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So this? it's gonna be one of these podcasts. Don't mind me. I'm just gonna um. I'm just gonna. This is wait. made by Wicked Annabella in a lobster suit, by the way. I'm just gonna. 
Ah, oh, there All we right, go. Yeah, we, th this isn't <laughs> what the fuck. The fairy. Uh, this is bad. I um, we're not gonna even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not touching this one. All right. I, so, oh no! Hey, let's go right ahead. You're, I already have one my of beverage. the comments says suicide. Please Ryan, take me. So we probably shouldn't. Are you continue. kidding me right yeah. now? What? It's a monster. <laughs> Every time I say I want to read a, a fan fiction, you go like, no. No! Well, because nope. the fanfiction you pick out is fucking Sonic sticking his pee-pee inside Rouge's butt and then baby <laughs> right. come out of mouth! Um, so if you couldn't notice, we're gonna be talking about the games we played a lot this year that we enjoyed. Yeah! Um, yup. Preferably at Walmart. Ugh, <clears throat> fuck. That was disgusting, I apologize. <laughs> For oh, King man. K saying the word Walmart? No, 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 I, I burped. Oh. Welcome to burp. Yeah. Welcome to Burke. Welcome to Walmart. Die. I had some protein bars Burkin. today. So. <sighs> Unverse Cast Incorporated pledges to destroy all Walmarts and create a better world for mankind. I just choose to take my business elsewhere. That's the constructive way to deal with that Fuck. problem. No. <laughs> Why are I'll we talking about this? I don't I'll want to talk about... <laughs> I'll construct a construction zone in Walmart and then... Fuck Walmart. I hate it. Stupid. Okay. No one wants to be there. No one wants to work there. No one wants to shop there. Fuck it. I hate it. King K, can you tell us about what shopping uh, conglomerate you prefer to shop at? No one gets up in the morning and says, oh boy, I can't wait to go to fucking out. Walmart. No one. King K, King K, take the reins. I'm giving them right to you. Take them. I have, I have a chicken sandwich in my mouth. Can you skip me? Okay, alright, well, no, nobody's ready to go You're not the only one who's got cock Haydox. in his mouth today. Hey, <laughs> I had cock in my mouth. Yeah, well. <laughs> some chips. <laughs> Ooh, Brian. Ooh, Brian. Right. So, today, we're gonna be talking about G-O-T-Y. Because it's that time that of year again, everyone. That stands for Got Ya. That, right, that stands um, for Game of the Year. G-O-A-T-Y, Greatest of All Time Year. That stands I for Goatsy on the Yam. Uh, I like that. Uh, the, first, <clears throat> the first game I want to talk about is Baba is You. Wow. That's what we're going to talk right about in. first. Yeah, yeah. Go right into it. Is everybody <laughs> eating right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I, we, before this... Things started. I, I I told everybody, hey, let's not eat on the podcast because it sounds bad. <laughs> hey, Lux, but, I need food. Well, I need I sustenance. Need, need a lot of things myself, but so ra raise you know. your hand if you've played Baba Is You class. I only know about it through Vinny Vine Sauce. I I played it. I, I have no idea what it is. All right, lovely. So so it's just me and Haydox then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, King K. I'm gonna pass you the crack pipe. You take a hit of it, and then you pass it back to me. Here you go. All right. My first hit is that it's one of the best puzzle games ever made. I would agree with that. Actually, I'll pass it back. Um, if if you're not aware of what Baba is, you is, it's a game that I feel like is better explained by actually just playing it uh, than me telling you what it is. It's it's a very visual game. Uh, I just said that, but I'm going to describe to you, for those who are unaware, as a little uh, 
what's the word? Lilins, uh, as, what is the, to, what's the word? In, yeah, incentivize, but the thing of, like, a little coaxing, you know? Here, here's this, the, what is the thing they put on the box of the game? What is that called? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Like no. the little blurb on the back of the box? That yeah, describes yeah, what that the game is? captivates you. No, it just draws you in, like... Not... Oh, man. I feel like I've just entered an <laughs> so alternate it... reality. I... Is this... <laughs> so, so is this game like a download-only, like, indie no, title No, 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 it's something? on Steam. It's okay. on Steam. It's a Steam game. Uh, All right. It's I'm... also on Switch, that's where I played it. Okay. I'm doing a very bad job. <clears throat> oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. I'm having bad stomach problems. Um, <laughs> so basically, if you're familiar with programming language, it's kind of plays with those kinds of conventions, which oh. means it's a really strange puzzle game. As in, okay, you look up any level from this, what, what the game is made of is lines of code that, well, it's real simple code, it's not like real coding, but like, it's stuff like, it'll have Baba, and then the word is, and then you. And if you remove any of those letters, then you cannot control your character anymore, and you have to restart the level. So there's uh. stuff like, wall is stop. So you can literally, you can push the word stop out of the sequence and walk through the wall because it no longer is stop. And you can imagine what they do for the hundred fucking levels they have in this game. And it gets really fucking hard. Like, it's one of the hardest puzzle games I've ever played, I think. But yeah, it's also I... one of the most unique puzzle games I've ever seen. It's very interesting how it plays around with the, the rules of the level. Um, like, new additional components will have words that you can push around, and uh, it's simultaneously, like... A block puzzle and um, a logic puzzle in terms of like trying to use a variety of different rules to get to uh, a win state so like a as an example you could be put in a room and the flag which flag is win could be like boxed off by a bunch of uh, skulls and skull could be defeat uh, so it would say skull is defeat and if you move defeat out of that uh, three connecting sequence, that would no longer be a rule. So you could just pass through skull and then get to the flag. And that very simplistic uh, premise of playing around with these variety of different rules and blocks, it, it does a lot of really interesting things uh, of different conditions that uh, different objects could have. A bunch of different objects too. Uh, there's every level is uh, packed. Oh man, I really gotta take a shit. <laughs> I told you. I literally told you before we started that you should just get it over with before we start recording. What did you say? <laughs> okay, hey Dux. Hey Dux, have you said- okay, what more do you need to say about Baba is you? Get that out of your system uh, The quick. music, the music, the music is really good! <laughs> <laughs> the music so much! 
Okay, say everything that you want to say about this, and then uh, toss it to me, and then go take yeah. a shit. I'll keep talking about it, and then we'll try to pick a game that you haven't played and talk about that. Then the aesthetic is really nice. I like uh, all of the art, and uh, Baba is really cute, and Kiki is really cute, and like... The music is so... It's just a vibe. It, it passes the vibe check in spades, I'm telling you. Vibe check, Baba, as you slaps my fucking cheeks together and just... <laughs> it is 100% pleasure. All of the time. Speaking I of I, cheeks, something well, no, might no, no, be coming I got, up I got, I got a few more things. A few more things I can hold it in. <laughs> uh, I, I bought this game at the beginning of the year, and I've been kind of like chipping away at it uh, throughout the year. And that's, that's another reason why I really like this game. Because you can do a level and just put it down, wait a day or like a week, and then come back to it, do a couple levels, and then just like keep doing that. And I got a lot of uh, a lot of enjoyment out of like I do some homework, uh, and then I do a Baba is You puzzle, or like if I was writing an essay to give myself a break, I'd do like a Baba is You puzzle. And um, yeah, that's uh, basically what I've been doing. Yeah. The other thing is I that still, I am nowhere near finished with it. But I still put it on my game of the year <laughs> list because it's such a it's the kind of concept where you know that. You just have to, like, it's a really long game because, not necessarily because there are a lot of levels, but because you'd spend so much time in each level trying to figure yeah. out what the fuck you're supposed to do. I also, and I mean, um, if you're a god at puzzlers, then it might not take you that long, but I, I also, think every level that I've ever played had a moment where it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's because what I was just about it, to say. It makes you think outside the box. You can't even think inside the box. You just have to exist outside of it because... They'll make you do shit like turn you the playable character from Baba into the wall around you and yeah, then move yeah, the yes. wall into the flag, and that's just yeah. shit you don't really think about usually. You, so it's kind of hard you to become come to that empty space. You just become empty space, and that's so yeah. dope. Um, I it's it's honestly like it's so perfectly designed, uh, and the the developer team who made this. Want to get a quick shout out to them? Go buy this game with money. I'm telling you. All right, I'm gonna go with poop. Money. Do not right. wait for a price <laughs> drop or sale, folks. Do not wait for a price drop or sale. Buy this game immediately. It's about a nine out of ten. <laughs> but if you disagree or agree with me, let me know in the comment section below. Thank you so much for watching and take care. I've got to go play. Uh, take a shit. Wait, what's the next uh, next game we're talking about? Hold up. Uh, what is the game you haven't played that um, we have played? Figure that out, and we can talk about it without you. Hold up. I hey, Docs, posted do you it. have the Sega Genesis Mini? No. Can I talk no. about that? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Oh. Uh, poop time. Yay! <laughs> Hammer time. Exo. Yes? Did you buy the Sega Genesis Mini? Oh, that's what you were talking about. No, I did not. Oh, because I, I have either, a real so. Sega Genesis. <laughs> oh. Maybe this wasn't a good topic of discussion because I have not either. Oh. But. I did. I think it's really cool, and it's like, like it's so refreshing to have like a Sega Genesis mini console that isn't a pile of shit. Yeah. Like you guys know about the, you guys know about the At Games ones, right? I mm. do know that there were other ones that literally only had composite. Uh well, there was some that only had composite. Uh, and there was this one uh, that came out two years ago, I think, 
and it had like 85 games. And I'm like, holy shit. You look at the back and it, ha it says it comes with like, like Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3, Sonic 1 and 2, and it comes with uh, Shining Force 1 and 2, Fantasy Star 2, 3, and 4. It's like, oh my god, this thing's like the coolest fucking thing ever. But then you realize it really only has like 40 games, like 40 Genesis games, and like the rest are like filler fucking mobile games. Like, here's Pong, but like bad. It's like something you find like in a, in a plug and play kind of thing. It, like, at games have been making these kind of uh, retro consoles for years and they've all been shit, but this is the first time. The first time we have a Sega Genesis console, like a mini console, that doesn't suck ass. And it's it's so it's so good. The user the user interface is really cool. It has Mega Man the Wily Wars for like the first time, like ever, I think. Because like it was on that, that I have a repro of that the game. Wily Wars? What yeah, the Wily Wars. It's on the Sega it's on the Genesis Mini, so like you can own it officially now. So I think that's really cool. I don't even know what it, that is. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a remake Sega of Genesis Mega remake. Man 1, 2, and 3 for Genesis. Yeah. And there's uh, like some weird like Wily well, Tower thing. Huh? <laughs> it's is it good? <sighs> well, if you play the repercussion, like, or reper the reproduction version, like you're going to get like the, the fucking, like what's it called? The, the frame rate drips and all that kind of shit. Well, there was, but there was an American version, but it was like, exclusive to like some kind of Sega satellite service yeah so I believe that's what I have on my reproduction card yeah but if you play it on the Genesis Mini you don't get that shit no what it's I'm saying is that it there was a 59 there was an NTSC American version of the game oh, for Sega satellite yeah but yeah you know, there's just a lot of cool stuff on it, and I, I really like it, and I like how- Because, like, the only other good, like, mini consoles have been, like, the NES Mini and the SNES Mini. Like, the PS Classic kind of sucks. It's only good if you hack it. <laughs> kind of sucks is an understatement. Well, I mean, yeah, you sell it for $100, three months later you're selling it for, like, 20 bucks. Yeah, it sucks ass. It's only good if you hack it, so... But, like, now we have an actual competitor, and I think it's pretty cool, and I would like to see more of these. Maybe for, like, the Sega CD, or for the Sega Saturn, or for the Dreamcast, maybe? Do I don't have, know. Do they have Sonic 1, 2, and 3? They don't have 3. They don't have 3, well, but they have Sonic 1 and 2. There's Maybe there's something weird about 3, I don't know. I know, because, like, it's... Well, first of all, I don't think Sonic 3 is on any retro console ever, and even still, it's, like, it's, like, the only classic Sonic game to not get, like, a, a widescreen remaster. Some weird legal shit, I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe I'll get this. It has Street Fighter 2. That's interesting. Fantasy Star 4? Is Street 4? Fighter 2 even good on the Genesis? <laughs> uh, know. it's good with the 6-button controller. Vector Man I've been interested in for a while. Strider. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I the mean, problem is like... I can just get all this on Steam anyway. A Which lot of those true. Genesis games just feel like NES games with better graphics, design-wise. I don't know. Well, the better. I mean, technically speaking, yes. <laughs> but it's like... I don't know. Nintendo was um, making like, much me, better like games Genesis, around that time. The Genesis has always been, like, one of my favorite consoles. I just love how the Genesis games look. I love the way how they sound. Like, my, my, my favorite Castlevania game is Castlevania Bloodlines. So when yeah. I find out that it's here, I'm like, Oh my gosh! Because I love that game. I fucking love that game. I think it's great. And then... I listened to the like the music in the uh, the Mega Man Wily Wars, and I love the way how the Mega Man music sounds on the Genesis sound font. I love it. Like, I, I just it makes me happy that this exists, and it makes me happy that it's good. It's a quality product. 
They could have fucked right. it up. But it also has like 42 games, I think. And like the NES and SNES Mini have like only 20 or 21. Yeah, it'd be it's pretty pathetic selection there. Yeah. They don't even have like DKC2. I think they only have DKC1 on the SNES yeah. Mini. They don't, the SNES Mini doesn't even have Chrono Trigger. And that's like the game for the SNES. Like it is the game. It's oh, like it's the best like, game on the console. I understand why they don't, because, you know, it's like, that's a Square Enix property, and they'd have to get their permission, but it's like, there's no yeah, reason not Final to Fantasy have all three there. DKC games on the SNES Mini. Yeah, but again, they also have, uh, they have, well, they had Secret of Mana, and they also had Final Fantasy oh, VI on the did? SNES Mini. Yeah. So put well, the best game ever, well, not the best game ever, but the best game on the Super Nintendo on there. Put Chrono Trigger on there, you stupid idiots. You have Secret of fucking Mana? That game sucks. Ugh. I'm probably piss someone off by saying that, but I don't give a fuck. But yeah, says so many costs like eighty game, bucks. Nothing like 20 happens games. except whiffing. <laughs> hey Jeb, how you doing? Hey guys. That All right. sounds like Alec. No, my yeah. Alec voice sounds more like this. You gotta enunciate the words here. properly. I will yeah. never be on this podcast. Oh wait, I'm not on this podcast. Alec, I'll tell you what, if you shave your mustache, I will consider putting you on. Yeah, shave the pedo stash, and then <laughs> the world will be a better place, and then we'll consider having you on. Yes. Uh, yes, we'll okay. consider it. He is still pooping. <laughs> okay. He's a, um, he's a okay, so I know champ. he liked the outer world, so we won't do that one. Um, what's a really obscure game either of you guys played this year? A short the... hike. Huh? It's called a, a short... short hike. Okay, that sounds like a walking simulator. Let's hear about it. It's not. Oh, I'm it is. about Death Stranding? Hoo hoo hoo. Death Stranding. <laughs> Haydox would want to talk about Death Stranding as well, yeah. so. Um, a short hike is, as it, the name implies, it's a relatively cheap game. I got it on Steam. I don't know if it's on anything else. Uh, hold on, I'm just trying to pull it up in front of me so I know what I'm talking about. I just played it. I don't really need to look at it, but I kind of would rather. Okay. So I played it for about three hours, and I've almost done everything. So it's a very brisk kind of game, but it's also one that I could see myself replaying again. So that's always good. It's a... How do I describe... You might want to look at footage... You know, everyone should just look at footage if nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about, because it's just easier, but... <laughs> um, it's like a... Okay, there's a mountain. Okay, it's an island that is also a big mountain. Um, and you're a penguin on an island with other weird penguin creatures. Are you sure Haydock hasn't played this? There's no way he's played it. <laughs> Maybe he has. Master uh, if he has, then he'll get mad at me, so that's okay. Um, <clears throat> so you're on this mountain, and the goal is to get to the peak. Once you... it's... <sighs> hard to talk about this game without spoiling things, but... It's, it's a game more about the journey than getting to the peak. Because to get to the peak, you have to get golden feathers. Your main collectible, your, like, star equivalent, are golden feathers, which are really cool because they're like an, a permanent upgrade because every golden feather is a double jump so and there are like 20 of them in the game for doing anything that the game asks you to do like go fishing or 
uh, find hidden treasure with treasure maps and stuff. It's this might sound weird, but it's it's like you it's like you plucked a very chunky collectathon level out of a collectathon, beefed it up, added some Animal Crossing like humor dialogue kinda. And it's like a microcosm of that experience where like you go around, you talk to some memorable characters, they have you do certain things like um as an example, somebody has bought all of the golden feathers at the gift shop you can go to. And so when you find that person, um, you buy all their golden feathers from them, and then you learn why they bought all the golden feathers and are now selling them at a higher price to make profit. And I won't spoil it, but there's a actually a very <laughs> relatable reason for it. Um, but basically, it's kind of like at first you're on the it's like a seemingly huge mountain and you're like whoa I'm, I'm get, you're getting lost all the time you're going on islands looking for money and then trying to find these collectibles and then by the as the game goes on much like a collectathon level you have internalized the entire map and know where everything is and you have like 20 double jumps and you can glide around everything and it's it's like a microcosm almost of that experience it's like it's just such a cool little game. And the fact that I am almost 100% done with it and could see myself playing it over again from the beginning says a lot, I think. Is this a short hike? Honestly, I might, I might use this video to... I'm writing a collectathon video and I might use this game to better explain the appeal of them in a non-Mario or... Spyro or Spyro 1, I don't know. You should get Exo on that video. Exo really likes collect-a-thons. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this game sounds interesting. Is it like a 3D kind of game, or what? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's not like... It's not 2D pixel art, but it's almost like a 3D pixely looking... Oh, I guess no, it not kind like, of like Minecraft. Like a, it, no, it, it's kind of no, like um, well, Attack like, of the yeah. Rhinox. Let me look at it real quick. Michael, it it's like Attack like of the Rhinox. Uh, so it's isometric? Here, it, if you look at this in motion, I, I guess it kind of looks like a PS1 game? Or, like, I don't know how to explain the style of graphics this goes for, but it's... Yeah, this is cel-shaded. Yeah. Oh, I see what this is. I get it. Yeah, it's this is oh, no, this, this is looks pretty good. This is isometric, and they render it at low resolution to make it look like a DS game. Yeah, almost like every single character has something funny to say, and they all a lot of them have like longer side quests. Like one of them is literally dedicated to you find him, and he's like, "Hey, let's go race," and then you have to figure out the best way to get to get to the objective. Mm-hmm. And then you race him throughout, and then you learn more about him when you race. And like that's like every character in this game. It has a lot of shit packed into it for such a short game. And it's really interesting and really good, and I hope more people play it, because it it quickly became one of my favorites. Okay. I I put that in my cart, by the way, King K. Well, good. See, I, I knew you hadn't played it. I gambled yeah. my life on that. I, I'm really happy that... <laughs> 
Uh, I'm I'm excited to play that. That looks like right up my alley. Oh yeah, there's penguins in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Fucking Club Penguin. Anyway, Michael. Michael. It's your yes. birthday today. Cake and ice cream is on its way. Oh and no. Alright. Michael, you go. Talk <laughs> about a game. Uh God, what the hell did I even play this year? Like hey, this? do you okay. think we should prepare a list of uh of games we yeah, want to yeah, talk yeah, about? Yeah, I know. It's it's you, you just think... like I know what I play. Hmm, let but me it's stick like... my finger up my ass and smell it. Hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, I played Yoshi's Crafted World. Did anybody play that? You know, yes. I I bought it. I haven't touched it. <laughs> I played it when it came out. A decent amount of it. So like, uh, I've gotten like three of the main collectible gems. I've I played know, demos like... at kiosks, but I own the fucking game and I haven't played it yet. It's... It looks fun, but I just haven't played it. I mean, like, for what it's worth, we've had so many... Like, there was once a time where the only Yoshi's Island game was the original. And then there was Yoshi's Story, which was kind of like it, but not really. And then there was Yoshi Touch and Go, which was, like, the biggest cock tease in Nintendo history. I don't think I've ever heard of Yoshi Touch and Go. It's, I mean, it's... like, this is the first time I've even heard of its existence. It's, like, it was, like, the biggest slap, like... When I was a kid, I was just like, wow, a, a second Yoshi's Island called Yoshi's Touch and Go. I can't wait to play that. But then it's just like this weird arcade endless runner thing. It's a big piece of shit and that they sold for $40. And then they actually made Yoshi's Island 2, and that was fine. And then they made Yoshi's New Island, which was even more mediocre. And, you know, so at some point there was uh, Yoshi's... Yarn World or whatever it was called from like 2016. Wooly World. Wooly World. And uh, then there was Wooly, Wooly World. World. Yeah, yeah Wooly that World. game, yeah. which was pretty good. It was a lot better than any of the other sequels. Yeah, I thought Wooly World was pretty decent. Um, and then like Crafted World is made by the same people. I mean, I mean, like for what it's worth, I thought it was pretty good. Like as far as Yoshi's Island sequels go, it's it's up there. It was actually trying to do something a little different with. Like the look of the the look of the game, and like it's an evolution of the of the uh, Wooly World aesthetic. Um, and there were some really creative ideas for levels. The actual level design kind of has like a Klonoa feel to it, where you can like move around. Yeah, that's what I noticed as well. That's kind of why I stuck with it as long as I did. Um, and it reminded me a lot of it. You know, and it's. Uh, like, compared to Yoshi's New Island, which had probably the worst story I've ever seen. Like, not really, but it was, like, it was really tired, and it was... It was I remember being, like, awestruck at how terrible it was within, like, the first five minutes. Compared to that, it felt like they were actually trying to do something different. Like, they still had to dredge up Kamek and Baby Bowser, but, you know... I thought this idea of they're on this race to get these MacGuffins was more interesting than, oh, I've got to go rescue baby Luigi from their castle again. You know, they didn't do that. Uh, and there, there's some actually, like, in terms of the way they structure the worlds, uh, you have a lot of choices about which levels you want to go to and in what order. Like, they give you a lot of leeway in that regard, which I thought was refreshing. Uh, but... Yeah, the 100% is something I'll never do as long as I live, because... Jesus Christ, it's it's like how... <laughs> you wanna know why I stopped playing that game? Yeah. It's cause they, they were like, how do we make the 100% the absolute worst fucking thing imaginable? <laughs> like, it's... 
Because it's like the 100% the in Yoshi games has always been a big pain in the ass. Like, from Yoshi's Island on the SNES, it's always been terrible. Uh, but... I wouldn't say it was that bad in Yoshi's Island on the, the SNES. Well, it's, it's like, like one of those things where, like, do... if you don't get it perfect, you have to redo the entire fucking level again. I thought, and no, then no, do it, it, all it saves... You could you could hypothetically get all the flowers and all the red coins can, and then go back okay, and that, just do all the uh, the life points. Okay, now that I didn't know, which would make I it mean, better. I mean, I could but... be wrong about that. I, I believe that's how it is. It saves your progress so you don't have to get it perfect in one go. I want it's to like, say remember, folks, right. I, I S-ranked Sonic Unleashed. And I haven't a hundred percent of Yoshi's Island, so that just the balls on this Chad. <laughs> I, it, that's that's all I'm gonna say. But um, so Yoshi, it's, so it's like Yoshi, Yoshi's Crafted World has the same thing where you need to get all the red coins and all the you have to have a certain amount of life and all that stuff. But it makes it worse by making it so that you have to play every stage in the game in reverse and find Poochie pups. And it's just like, I didn't feel like doing that, so I skipped all of that. Um, and then there was always like, no matter how thorough you are in exploring these levels, you will miss one red coin and have to replay the whole thing. And thankfully the levels aren't too long. It's not like, I'm going to have a lot to say about ukulele and the impossible layer later on in this podcast, but it's not that bad. Uh, but it's still just bad. It, like, it was fine enough that I could finish the game any percent. Like, the game is entertaining enough. The bosses were really good, actually. The music sucked, uh, because they got yeah, rid of Yeah, that's Tomoya what I was just Tomita. about to say. Um, I heard yeah, about... The, the music, music is awful. Uh, there was well, I mean, it's not song. the worst music I've ever heard, but, like, compared to how uh, It's not as bad badass, as, like, Yoshi's New Island like or whatever. Like, Epic, Epic Yarn yeah. had an amazing soundtrack, Shake It had an amazing soundtrack, Woolly World had an amazing soundtrack, and it was all the work of this gentleman named Tomoya Tomita who evidently went solo after Wooly World, and then they just didn't contract him for this game. They got some no-name in-house to do it, and it was... And it's like the usual, like, lame, average Nintendo approach of, we'll take one leitmotif and just stretch it as thin as we can, and that's the soundtrack. And it's not even a very good leitmotif or leitmotif. So, leitmotif. Yeah. What Adok said, he knows, that, he knows this shit better than I do, but... Yeah, 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 you studied music in college. Yeah. I was really <laughs> struck by the similarities to Klonoa and the fact that you have to interact with the foreground and background a lot. Yeah. And See, I haven't really seen many games experiment with that, and it got me really interested at first. But then, like, there's a side quest thing where you have to hunt down a specific object. Yeah. But the way that it's done is the most insufferable thing I've ever seen, where they just... They give it to you one at a time, and I'm like, why? Like, why would you do this one at a time, and only after you've done the level, I think? Like, somehow, Abby if 100% at this game. I, I would not have the patience. Yeah, I'd... I'd it's, it's like the fucking hot dog missions. I can't, I can't suffer through that. I can't be bothered. Like, it's, it's not bad. There are a lot of cool levels, and I like... Yeah, like the actual... It, but, like... It was just so, like, obtrusive that I was just kind of like, eh, is this worth it? Like, do I care enough to finish? And I have not finished it since then, so... It's, it's I have like no urge to go all, back, so it's... It's eh, like all the other know. Yoshi games, in that 
you have like these simple like three mechanics the flutter jump the lick and the eggs and it's like they it it wasn't even enough to carry Yoshi's Island one in my opinion and now we've had like Ooh. six games since then and it's they just like really these just mechanics are tired and they needed something like really new for this game and the foregrounded background elements and you know the weaving of the spline level design was that at first but it's like King K said like it can only carry the game for so long especially since you know like as as creative as the stage ideas were and the game runs at like 400p on portable mode and it just looks like the blurriest thing ever and it yeah, only runs I, like as someone who doesn't usually care about that stuff even I noticed that shit I was kind of like yeah oh, and it like... only runs at <laughs> 720p in docked mode too didn't is, Wooly World run better than that? I feel like uh, it did. I wouldn't be surprised uh, in that game, because it's like, um, the game runs at 60 FPS in both modes at least, so that's a positive. Like, if you if you have to lower the resolution that low, at least give me a higher frame rate, and they did that. So it's not like, I don't know, I think Fire Emblem Three Houses runs at like some weird resolution and you only get 30 FPS or whatever. So it's not like that at See, least. See, but, but that's not that geez. bad because that's just a strategy game and like you don't really need too too high of a frame rate for it. Yeah, but if I'm only going to get 30 FPS, I'd like my 1080p is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh but can I, you know, regardless. Have we exhausted Crafted World? Yeah, I I, I don't have anything else to say about it. All right. Uh, I'm gonna pick yeah. up the crack pipe and give it a big ol' honk. Uh, give it a honk, Hadox. Has anybody here played Death Stranding? <laughs> Don't laugh, yeah, you I fucker. Played, um, if I, played, I may interject, uh, Eric actually played gonna... this game and loved it. And you want to know yeah. what his reasoning was for picking it up? Yeah, I'm just he gonna said, say it. He said that I'm, he I'm watched the trailer it. and he said, "You want to say it?" Yeah, it's the Euro Truck Simulator, like the same vibe. Is that it? Is yeah, that, well, was that, that was one. Th that was like the vibe. He said, "This look, this game looks just boring enough that I wanted oh, to pick it up." It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what he said, and he liked it. Shout out I, to Eric. Personally, I, I, it just looks like a big piece of crap, and I have absolutely oh, no interest you. in touching it. Never say that. All right. I've, I've got a bone to pick with you, Michael, for saying that. I'm going to hype you up as this hypothetical straw man so I can torch you. So you can get, get on with it. I Death haven't Stranding. played it, but I've seen some stuff that looks pretty interesting. The story looks like a fucking mess, but like like the actual mechanics and whatnot, I might, I might look into it See, when it gets cheaper, maybe. The, the thing is, though, the story isn't a mess. Like... If if you this, come this into this, this is coming from the same person whose favorite show is Lost, by the way. The story, the story in Lost is it's garbage. Right, we're not going to talk about Lost right now. I don't want to get into <laughs> it's it. A, it's a it's a Lost cause. No, 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 wow. no. It's it's. We're not getting into Lost. Okay, don't continue. You, my fight or flight <laughs> response just like triggered, and I, I was like ready to throw hands. If, <laughs> anyways, um, the story was hyped up at the beginning. It's like, oh, what's happening? You know, Norman Reedus has this strange fetus, 
Uh, he's on a beach. He's naked. We see his ass. Like, are we going to see more of his ass? Are we going to see the whole penis? Uh, there were a bunch of questions when uh, the trailers came out for this game. And uh, I came into this game without any knowledge uh, uh, of really anything. I watched the Game Awards teaser and I just kind of neglected all of the information that was coming out about it. Uh, so I didn't really follow the, the hype cycle, and I wasn't really online, so I didn't really have any reason to, or incentive to. So I picked it up, and the basic premise of this game, without spoiling too much, uh, is that you play as Sam Porter Bridges, and you're tasked with reconnecting America by making deliveries from different terminals because the whole wasteland of America has been uh, devastated by an apocalyptic event known as the Death Stranding, which has merged the world of the dead with the living, and the dead, which are known as like BTs, uh, which I believe are beached things, they're called. They're like these um, shadowy figures that can only be detected by scanning them, and like uh, a little Audra deck that blinks at them. And um, if they contact a corpse, what essentially happens is that they'll explode like a nuke and like they can wipe out entire populations. Um, so you're, you have a special ability that can detect these BTs and make it so that you don't die uh, if you were ever like... Uh, yeah, if you ever came in contact with them and you quote-unquote died, you're a repatriate so you can come back to life. And that premise isn't very complicated. It's like, it's pretty simple, but what, what really carries the game are all of the character performances. Like, Mads Mikkelsen as a Cliff is uh, really captivating, and... I don't want to spoil it, but his entire arc, if you've played the game, uh, essentially his character is very mysterious, and you're led to believe certain things about him, but uh, come the end, he delivers this like very gut-wrenching, uh, just... I, I don't want to spoil it, but it, it's just these, these brilliant character moments that, at the end, I was like crying because... I was so captivated by what these actors were uh, doing, and the dialogue wasn't bad either. Some of the lines were kind of like, eh, like Higgs, who's the main villain, he's played by uh, Troy Baker, and he he's very, he hams it up, which I like too. He's very goofy, and he really enjoys being evil, and like he says a bunch of stuff like, it's game over, man! Or and it's just cheesy, and I like that. But then the very serious moments that you can get from uh, Die Hardman, which is an actual character's name, uh, at the end especially, there, there's this scene at the end which just gives one of the best performances I've seen in a game in a long time since Red Dead 2, I think. Um, the story captivated me for sure. It gave me a lot of Evangelion vibes, like at the end, um, and I love Evangelion, so 
I was really, really into it. The, the final act, I could not put the game down. And it was like, I have a distinct memory, it was like 11 p.m. and I was really tired. And then I just played from like episode 9 to the end, and that took me like 4 hours. So I was just up all night finishing Death Stranding and I was loving it. Uh, what else can I say about this game? The music Our is fantastic. Shocks. There are social features that yes. are fucking cool. And this yeah. is the thing that I found out about that made me kind of interested. Because, like, we go all this time not knowing what the game is even like. You know, like, like as someone who wasn't really following this game, like, I, I knew when the trailers came up and I knew when they propped up. And it's like, out of curiosity, I'd watch the trailers and be like, what the fuck is this, is this even supposed to be? It yeah. was. It wasn't until like the game actually came out and I started hearing about uh, about you know I, I started learning about the reviews and everything like that. That's when I learned about the game, and it's like, like the game just kind of looked whatever. It looked like it, it looked like a glorified walking simulator. To be fair, but then I found out about the Put social things where now. it's like you can like help build a bridge and then like you can have other people online help contribute to make that bridge and it'll make your trips a lot easier. You can like build cars and motorcycles and stuff like that. Yeah. I saw that and I'm like, okay, well shit, I might look into this game now. But like, the other thing I would have liked to known that is, before all this time, you know? I, I enjoyed not knowing that because I knew I was going to buy this game anyway, but when I figured, or when I found out that these features existed, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, connecting different people to the chiral network was enthralling and I spent so much time 100%ing this game and if you've listened to this podcast you know that I fucking hate doing that I really don't like 100%ing anything but this game will give you a lot of cool stuff for 100%ing it and it will give you more um structures being built in your area and it, it's just really neat I I also want to Ryan fucking like I, I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I have very little to say, so I just want to get this in here. Because mm. um, I haven't finished it. I'm not even near halfway done, but... Uh, I'm a good way through, and by far my favorite thing about it... I mean, the world's intriguing. I don't know much about it yet. I don't know much about the characters, and I want to figure it out, but... I really like how this the act of trying to carry like there's this weird balance of trying to carry as much as you possibly can without carrying too much or you're gonna fall the fuck over and damage your cargo and it's like a lot of people have made fun of it for being like oh all you do is walk and i'm like yeah it's more like a hiking game like because you have to strap so much cargo on your back and a lot of it is just lost cargo that you technically don't have to pick up but if you want to get good rankings, which this game has a ranking system, not shitting you. Um, oh boy. Each mission has a rank, and if you want to get a good rank, uh, getting getting the lost cargo during the mission, I think, increases the amount of likes you get, which I think improves your rank if you don't damage your cargo. Um, the, the rank usually only has to do with uh, the main cargo. The lost cargo doesn't factor into your rank, I believe. Does it not? Does no. it, if you damage your lost cargo, does it matter? The lost cargo like, doesn't matter, because that's scored separately. Okay. What is the, what do the likes do? The likes, um, are I'm essentially curious, experience, because into it. at the end, you know how you get that star, uh, spread out with all the likes you get? 
So that's yeah. the likes are essentially your experience because um, say you get a bunch of likes in delivery time, that could increase your stamina, or it could increase your carrying capacity, or it could increase how long you can hold your breath next to BTs. So mm -hmm. the likes are an XP thing, uh, but the, the likes are differently distributed depending on what missions you do and how you do them. Uh, yeah. If I can add on to that point, or just uh, to say something, yeah, to add on to that, there, there's been like a lot of talk about how this is a glorified walking simulator, and don't mistake me, it is a walking simulator. But it's the best walking simulator out there. It it has stuff for grip, for balance. It is a delivery game, and like that concept in and of itself was the most unique thing I think I've played in a long time. Uh, the game I I also really love games that encourage you to go pacifist. This is another reason why I like the Outer Wilds and the Outer Worlds, which we'll probably get into later. And I love games. Tale. Yeah, I, well, like, it's true. I, I like <laughs> games where you don't have to kill people. And I, I enjoy games where there, there are different options other than that. Like, killing people in this game, you get yeah, punished for I actually for ran into my first wave of enemies. Yeah. And it's, it's actually kind of fucking scary to run into enemies because you, that's yeah. not usually something you do in the game. <laughs> like, yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> and... and it's so cool because you're, you're like going through and you're trying to get this cargo from one end to the other and a lot of the time you're just lost with your own thoughts and then all of a sudden yeah. like either enemies show up and they're chasing you with spears or there are like weird ghost creatures and you have to walk slowly so they don't like attack you. I think those are the BTs. Yeah, the BTs. Um, and it, it, there was a moment I had playing it the other day where I was going through this field and I was crouching to get through the BTs. By the way, people can put signs down to warn you of them. And I'm like, wow, that's fucking cool. <laughs> like, um, and I was like, well, I have so much cargo and I'm running out of stamina because the more you mm -hmm. walk without drinking monster energy, which by the way, <laughs> which I was just drinking a moment ago. <laughs> I like that. It's that's so funny. Um, without, if you run out of monster energy and you're like mid mission, your stamina I don't know if it's based on like strenuous action or just time, but like eventually your stamina bar will start decreasing its permanent. Yeah, you get extent. fatigued. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm in the middle of BTs trying to get through this mission, and I'm running out of stamina. I can't carry because I try to get all the lost cargo I can, which makes it like one of the most fulfilling experiences ever. And I'm like, okay, I need to put down this structure. You can put down a locker put lost cargo in it and somebody else another player can pick up that cargo and finish the mission for you like yeah. deliver that oh. lost cargo and you can do the same with share lockers go into a locker and be like oh somebody left um cargo for me to go complete and i'm like i'll go do that the lockers you can put equipment in there to help other people and you're like i have too much ladder like too many ladders and it's i need to take some bulk off and I'm like, somebody else could use this ladder. So you put it in the share locker and somebody else can use the ladder. People can place ladders down on the ground that will appear in your game so you can use it to clear obstacles better. They can and they can from like, I haven't gotten this far, but from what I've heard, you can put down fucking highways. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, you can't put down highways. They're like, 
you can add material to them. They're they're in a pre-built way. You're just oh, kind of right. completing them. Well, that's less exciting, the, but the the better thing I, I, you I get. Honestly, I think that's pretty cool, though. It's like a group effort to make the highways. Yeah. No, I, it, it's, I think that's really cool. It's it's very fulfilling. Yeah, I mean, the entire game that I've played up to this point, and maybe Hadox can elaborate because he's actually finished it, but. It, it, the entire game feels like a group effort. Like it it's kind of surprising yeah. that Kojima was even allowed to do this at a AAA studio. Like they had that. Like I, I just have like this is. It's so cool that a AAA game was made that isn't like it, it's not trying to be a people pleaser. If you know what I mean. Yeah. It's yeah. a game that will yeah. clearly not be for a lot of people, and I just have a lot of respect for that. Like because. It, he clearly had an idea and for what this is gonna be and he knew that a lot of people probably aren't gonna like it and I'm just kind of like wow isn't that I refreshing honestly... in like a space where like the same game is churned out left and right from major companies I honestly think though that anybody would like this game uh, having completed it I think that honestly you anybody could pick this game up and if you stick with it for long enough like, you get through to, I think, episode three is when it really starts to, uh, for me anyway, to pick up and, like, the entire world opens up with a bunch of new equipment you can get. I, I think, like, that is one of the just, just most amazing moments of the year for me. Can I also say, you mentioned, like, um, getting trapped with BTs and mules. The sound design of this game is so good because usually you'll be playing in like silence as you're traversing the world you're just kind of listening to sounds but then you get pinged by an enemy and like this intense music just comes on and you like you yeah. hear the pinging happening and then you can hear the enemies rushing towards you and it's really 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 terrifying very stressful. Yeah, you've got to think about, too, that, like, a lot of people are just kind of looking at this and you're like, oh, well, like we said, it's more than just walking. Because if you think about this game in the context of you're just pressing the analog stick forward, yeah, everything loses its meaning. Like, mm -hmm. when you when you find a, a mule, they're called? Is that what you say? Yeah. Is that the, the enemy enemies? The yeah, humanoid the humanoid memes, yeah. When you when a mule sees you and is running at you, you gotta keep in mind that you have a shit you likely have a shit ton of cargo on your back that you have to if you want to keep your balance you have to hold both of the triggers, and if you get one balance on if you get too much on one side you have to hold the other trigger more than the other one and it's like, and if you're holding both triggers at the same time which is an easy way to walk you walk a lot slower, and. So you basically are like, okay, what the fuck do I do now? Because this guy's chasing me and I have to juggle this fucking cargo that I have. I have to get over a river, which by the way, I've never played a game that I'm like, oh, there's a river. This is like, I need to think about how the fuck I'm going to cross the river. Because a lot of the times going into the river is not an option because it will drain the fuck out of your stamina. And if you run out of stamina, you just fall over and you lose your cargo off your back. And yeah. you have to go pick it up again. And if you lose your cargo on the ground, it gets damaged. And if it gets damaged, you'll lower rank, I'm pretty sure, right? If it's normal yeah. cargo. Yeah. Yes. And then there's shit like if it starts raining, which is called time fall, if you get hit by it, it ages things. Yeah. And it, it will damage your cargo as well. So if it starts raining, oh, you're like, well, I got to so do good. this quickly now. So you got to do this thing quickly. Well, there are BTs potentially, there are enemies, and the, God knows what the fuck else is in the game because I'm only in the beginning. 
And I'm, I'm just kind of like, wow, this is... <laughs> I mean, like, it's probably not one of my favorites of the year just because I'm so early on and I can't really make that judgment, but... Hot damn. It's really there, interesting. There's this moment which I, I think this is early enough in the game where it's not a spoiler, but you get to Portnot City and you've just gotten through a bunch of BTs behind you, probably one of the most challenging early on areas in the game because you don't have uh, the abilities to like climb really well. So it it like you're descending a mountain and there's this beautiful music playing as you're descending this mountain. And it felt to me like a Breath of the Wild moment where you'd like come out of the dark and you saw the light for the first time. And and it, it was just very engaging and emotional for me. I was like, damn, this shit's this shit's great. I I would highly recommend if you if you are interested in what we're talking about, please check it out. It's really good. And I also think it was a brilliant commentary. I don't want to get into the meta narrative because that would go into spoilers. But I'm also going to say it's a brilliant commentary on video games as a whole, which I really like. You know, as somebody who reviews video games, it's interesting to see a developer kind of critique video games in a video game, uh, which is really good. I there's, there's that infamous line about Mario and Princess Peach, and if you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. I think, I think that just about does it. Alright, Ryan. You're up. Oh, I'm up. Hi. Alright. Uh, so, a game I played that came out this year. It's a game that came out on my birthday. Happy by the birthday. Way. It, it, it's The Liar Princess and The Blind Prince. Oh, Ryan did a video about it. Up in I, the end card now. I did, and it was actually it's actually like my favorite video I made this year. Like I think I, I just I don't know. I had a lot of fun playing it. I had a lot a lot of fun making the video. Uh, you know, it's just like I I, I think like 2D like not necessarily 2D games, but like 2D games that have like a hand drawn aesthetic. I don't think there's a lot of them and I think there needs to be more of them because I think they hold up a lot better. Like if you if you show me like something like let's say Rayman Legends and you put it side by side with like New Super Mario Bros U for example, I'm going to gravitate way more towards uh, Rayman Legends because it just has more of an identity, more of like uh, an aesthetic. It looks more appealing to me personally. Uh so that was a big draw in when I saw that and I love the way how just the way how it looks, like, it looks like as if everything was drawn with, like, pencils and, like, little, little charcoal, little markers and whatnot. Like, you could, you could almost see, like, every single individual stroke of lead that's in the environments and, and like, on the characters and monsters. Uh, oh, my voice cracked. Uh, and, like, all the, all the transitions is, like, a page turning because this whole thing is, like, it's, it's like a fairy tale. You're, you're, you're reading a book in a game and, like, it's being narrated to you. And it's really charming and sweet. Like, you wouldn't think it, but, like, a little little small game like this takes about maybe four hours to beat. It has a lot of charm. It has a lot of personality. And just, it's it's really wholesome. And it got me to tear up, like, towards the end. I don't think a lot of people played it, but it's one of my personal favorite games to come out this year. And it was the first game that I played this year where I realized, oh my gosh, no, there's still some hope in 2019. This year doesn't have to suck. So it was the first game that I played that I thoroughly enjoyed, and this when I even when I played it, like 
when I just sat down and played it, I had a rough day at work. A rough night at work, rather, and I, just, I spent the night playing it, and it was... It was really sweet. And I don't regret it. Has anyone here played it? I have not uh, played it. Have. But I I did I did buy it when the video came out. Aw, thanks, man. Yeah. I it's... I remember <laughs> watching your video like laying on the floor in my <laughs> dorm, and I'm like, damn, this shit looks interesting. So I bought it immediately and I passed out right after. <laughs> like, I mean, damn, I what a good try to... video. I don't want to try to oversell it and say that it's like it's this masterpiece of a game because it, it probably isn't like the level design like it, the level design is good but like it kind of feels like like maple story a little bit where it's just like it's a lot of blocks just kind of thrown around uh it's a puzzle platformer you know the puzzles are good like I, I really liked it but like it's more so just like the actual geography isn't super great and it feels kind of video gamey if that makes any sense kind of took me out of it a little bit but like it's more so it's just it's one of those things that kind of came in at just the right time. It was exactly what I needed it to be. So it's just something that I appreciate, something I'm glad that even exists because, you know, like, like what King K was saying, you know, you got all these games that try to please everybody. It's nice to have a game that, you know, even though it's a small one, it's nice to have a game that's just it's out there. It does its own thing. And it's, you know, it's it's why I love it so much. It's not the greatest game ever made, but it's one of my personal favorites of the year. And go watch his video and subscribe to his channel. Subscribble. Alright, King K. Can you can you pass that <laughs> that um we're let's 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 stop smoking crack for a little bit. I've got some I got a heroin needle, King K. You wanna catch this bad boy? I got a heroin needle with your name oh, on it, Mick. Oh I scoop! <laughs> I got a heroin needle. What are we talking oh, about now? Let me look at my list real quick. Disco Elysium. Um Oh yeah, you didn't play Disco Elysium, did you? No. Oh. I have it installed, though. That's the game that won, like, four awards at the Game Awards. I have it installed, talk about and I was like, after. maybe I can play it before the end of the year, and I looked at, like, how long people had played it for, and I'm like, nah, I'll just wait till next year. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the Outer Worlds, Hadox? Anybody else who's played it? Yeah, I, uh, I would if, like to talk about it. If we could avoid, it. like, major spoilers, because I kind of want to get into that game, sure. I just haven't played it That's yet. That's fine. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, King K. I will talk in vague terms. Thank you, man. Uh, okay, so this is made by Obsidian, and uh, everybody dies. No, it's, um... <laughs> well, you... That could happen. That could happen. <laughs> Spoilers, Hadox! Um... Well, okay, so it's made by Obsidian, and made Fallout New Vegas, and I think they also made, uh... Before Fallout New Vegas... People, I, well, I don't know if Obsidian themselves made Fallout 1 and 2, but I think people that were in Obsidian or something made Fallout 1 and 2, and then a few games that weren't Fallout related that I don't know the name of. That sounds about right. Um, they make RPGs, what are they called? I don't know what they're, they're like Western Action RPGs, RPGs, I guess. Com Action RPGs. Computer RPGs. Action RPGs. CRPGs. CRPGs. No, they're CRPGs. That's CRPGs? Like, pretty sure, right? What the fuck does that CRPGs, mean? CRPGs, computer RPGs. Uh, it's like Diablo, uh, original StarCraft, original WarCraft, original Fallout. Think about games like those. Yeah, they, they, they're like... Never Outer Nights. Worlds is not exactly like CRPGs. It's more like a... I mean, Fallout New Vegas wasn't really like a CRPG that much either. It was like 
CRPG elements transposed onto a an FPS, um, and that's kind of what the Outer Worlds is like. It's a bleak, bleak space dystopia almost, like a capitalist dystopia, where like, I mean, this is a very like, this isn't really specific. It's just kind of a vague thing, but like companies rule the world basically <laughs> um there's like a board of directors that everybody like and they're literally called the board of directors that everybody just answers to throughout this world um and they're all just head ceos or heads of companies and a lot of the guns and equipment you get are uh, sponsored by these companies or manufactured by them um so it has that slant it has a lot of uh it shows a lot of uh, people being assholes in positions of power. There's a lot of... Um, but it's not all about that. It's a part that I like, but a lot of it is also like this fantasy of you being like a ship captain and having a crew of partners that have, are, are surprisingly well fleshed out for being partners. Like they all, every single one of the partners you can recruit has unique dialogue for almost every quest in the game and has their own quest line. Which there, absolutely blew my mind. Because a lot of the time in the past in these kinds of games, the partners were like, had their moments, but felt kind of paper thin in the sense that they didn't react to most of the rest of the game. And in the Outer Worlds, they, there are so many lines that they can speak based on how many, like, based on who you have with you and what their relationship is. And, like, it's, it is fucking, it, it's, like, it's hard for me to, un, like, overstate how refreshing that is and how new it feels and how I've never really gotten that in any other kind of game. And it's just, like, I mean, by all accounts, it's kind of a... In terms of, like, the shooting, it's not the best thing in the world. It's probably, like, the worst part of the game for me is actually going out and shooting things. But See, I didn't I just mind... love exploring and doing the quests and, like, getting partner input and stuff like that and seeing the capitalist dystopia kind of world and the struggles that people face in it. Did you play on the Supernova difficulty? Um, no. I... It, it might have been the problem, but I also didn't I... want to play the game that hard to begin with. <laughs> See, I I I enjoyed my playthrough on Supernova difficulty cuz I I actually enjoyed the combat somewhat. Uh I I mentioned this before, but I enjoy in the Outer Worlds how there's like there there's peaceful options. So often you don't have to go into a situation guns blazing if you don't want to. Like uh, on Groundbreaker, as an example, not to spoil it, but there's, uh, there's like, there's another group that is antagonizing the main group on Ground, uh, Groundkeeper? What is it called? Groundbreaker. Sorry, I just said it. <sighs> anyway, uh, when you first enter, you can, like, negotiate peace between them. Uh, which is really interesting. I enjoyed that a lot. But on Supernova difficulty, the problem is that your companions are just fucking dumb. They're so bad. So the companions in Supernova difficulty die in one hit. 
and you can or no they don't die in one hit they die permanently sorry and the only way you can save is by going back to the ship and you can't fast travel anywhere so at first i had played for three hours with pavardi and i had her ai set to the default and there was this moment uh on the the first area of the game when we were hunting behemoths she just ran into a behemoth nest and <laughs> up close tried to shoot it and and she got pulverized immediately and she died permanently and i was like well fuck i have to reload my save because pavardi is so stupid so i had to play on supernova get difficulty with all my companions on the farthest away and I constantly had to push them back so they wouldn't get killed by their own stupidity I, I had to like keep marking locations for them to go away from the combat because <laughs> they were so dumb and if if they die you can't complete their quests which was very very hard to manage um something I, I really i mean I, I can see the satisfaction in playing on that difficulty yeah but that that would make me so anxious that i probably wouldn't enjoy myself to be honest i enjoy that mode because like um it, you you get to manage your hunger and thirst and everything which none of the other difficulties have and i like that aspect of the game uh because it turned it into like very survivalist action rpg as well which was was interesting i guess um i really loved exploring everything in this game i i i think there's that constant loop of feedback that you get from gaining a bunch of experience and everything from discovering all the locations that like mm. <clears throat> incentivizes you to keep going that there's I didn't like get that as well yeah, I, I just think like compared to the strengths of it, the combat is like the weakest part for me. Yeah, because it was kind of it's, it's kind of like this. You get like you are almost every quest in the game is extremely interesting, has a really cool story related thing or world related thing to it. And I always felt like I learned something new about the world or got a cool message whenever I did any of the quests, even the mundane side quests. Yeah, but. Whenever I was actually, like, going to do the side quest, it was usually just kind of like my, I'd turn my brain off and go shot Mantis things. And, like, that that's sort of what I mean when I'm like, it was a decent time, but it was kind of like, well, I want to go back to the quest giver and see what happens kind of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% in the game. Uh... Uh, it took me about 27 hours, which I was that was my only real disappointment with the game is that I wanted more content out of it because Wait, you 100 percent of the game in 27 hours. Yeah, I, I did every single quest in 27 hours. Oh, what the fuck? I, I did not. And it took me like longer than that. Really? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> why did I miss something? I'm pretty sure I 100 percent of the game. Uh, I, I would imagine I'm, that it would take longer than 27 hours to. I literally talked to everybody. Is 100%. What is? What do you qualify as 100%? Because I did I most got, of the quests. I did all of the quests. So, 
I did every single quest you could get. I talked to everybody. I didn't kill any NPCs. Okay, so I, I have done... I did most of the quests that I could find. I probably missed a few. Yeah. And I had 24 hours. So oh, so the I game's kind of short right. then. It huh. is a little short for I, th I thought like I had 34, game. not 24. Sorry. Um, yeah. That's my only complaint. It is, is that... short, but you know what? I'm glad because I didn't really like when you get to the end of the game, whatever ending you go to, um, it feels to me at least it felt like, wow, that was a satisfying conclusion that I arrived at. I didn't feel like there needed to be more. Honestly, if there was more, I don't know. Like it kind of just would have felt like padding because like I, I felt like every single place you go to and every single quest you do gives you so much about the world that by the end of it, you've learned a lot about the, the solar system you're in and uh, all your characters that are in it and how the world works. And if you want to play it again, which I will probably do on Supernova mode just to try it out. Yeah, you can be a completely different person. And that's why I think the length is justified, because when you replay the game, uh, when I first played it, I was like staunchly anti-capitalist, like fuck the board, like <laughs> that. That was that was my character basically, and it occurred to me that like there are a lot of things you can do where it was like, oh, your reputation with the board has decreased, and I was like, wait a minute, like what the fuck happens with this story if you're like pro board? Yeah, and. There are. I didn't look up all the endings, like I didn't watch them, but there are a lot of endings, a lot of character paths that are not just like flavor text endings. They're like, you completely change who you are as a person and the game like, you still go to the same places obviously, but like every place you go to has a major quest related thing where you can like change the outcome for the better or worse. And it's not yeah. even like a black and white choice most of the time. Like the first place you go to is like, there's a, I'll, I'll use vague terms for this, but there's a place where power needs to be routed to one place or the other, and you have to decide which place to go with. Yeah. And there are genuinely compelling reasons to give it to one place rather than the other, but you, at the end of the day, you have to make the choice. And there's a lot of stuff like that where, like, if you play it again, it's not just you get more flavor text, it's like it radically changes the how the story progresses. So, it's a short game, but one that has a lot more replay value than I would probably find in other open-world-ish games. Yeah, I... And, and it's worth noting that I don't even consider this game short, because <clears throat> to me, 24 hours is like, wow, that's a uh, chunky length. Like... I I don't know. I, I don't I don't like people parading around like, oh, this game takes 100 hours. And I'm like, well, I don't really like. I think it's more so have, just like fun for the kind with of game all of those hours. Like that. What? what matters to me is do you have fun with all those hours? For fuck's sake, one of my favorite games ever made is Metal Gear Rising, which I can finish in like a couple hours now. So, I mean, like, I'm I'm not saying that it wasn't long enough. I'm just saying that I wanted more content out of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I guess relatively to games of its ilk, especially nowadays, it is relatively shorter. Yeah. But the fact yeah, for me that it's packed, it's packed with so much. I was just like, wow, that was fulfilling. Like, I don't know. Yeah, because like you got games like Skyrim and, and like the other Fallout games that take up like hundred hundreds of hours to see everything that there is to see. 
and it's just like you can get overwhelmed with that kind of stuff. So hearing mm. that there's an open world game that has a satisfying 24 hours, that's pretty compelling to me. And as long as what I'm doing is fun throughout the entire 24-hour span, then hey, that's not a problem. I'm all for it. Yeah. I... I think from there, we should go to Michael. Ooh, Passing Michael? The, the heroin spoon or whatever uh, it is. Let, let's get shit. off this bit. We're just going to cast pass kisses to Michael. Your turn. <laughs> so. Okay, so I, I do have to admit. Did, wait, did Bloodstain come out this year? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, okay. which one? Ritual of the Night or Curse of the Moon? The Ritual of the Night. It's Ritual of the Night he's probably talking about. Yeah, that came out this year. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't have... I... Did you guys play it? I did! No. It... <sighs> there, okay, so it, there was... I had kind of like a honeymoon period with it, if you'll bear <laughs> with me on the metaphor. There was like the first four or five hours, I was really enjoying it. It felt like, oh yeah, this is definitely the best Egovania game that Koji Igarashi has ever made. Because in many ways, mm -hmm. it's just like the DS Castlevania games, except, you know, with more production value, more affordances, yada yada yada. But as the game went on and the difficulty, the you know, the tension curve started to ramp up, this game, I think, is kind of has all of the same problems that all of the other ones do, and it's just like he had like what like uh, Order of Ecclesia came out in what like 2008. He's had like 11 years to like refine his design, and ultimately, what we got is something that has all of the same problems as those other games, where it's like you have so many affordances and so many options that it becomes overwhelming. Uh, the tension curve is ramped up way too high, way too early because of that. Because, like, I'm sure that if I looked through it hard enough, I could probably break this game in half if I wanted to. Like, there's probably some, uh, shard ability you can unlock. Because it's basically, the shards are basically just the soul system from Dawn and, Dawn and Area of Souls. Uh, or you could, I guess they're kind of like the glyphs from Order of Ecclesia as well, but... You know, those same systems come back. So you've already seen that. Um, and then they add like upgrade systems on it and their side quests and the castle is much bigger than the castles from the other games. But at the same time, the actual level design is not that interesting because there's no real platforming or puzzles or anything. You just walk around. It's like all the other Castlevania, Metroidvania games in that regard. Um, and then like the, you get to the bosses and it's like, I swear to God, like the first three hours of this game, I beat this one dragon boss with like barely even trying and then I get to the next boss and it starts kicking my ass and it comes completely Which out of nowhere. Um, I want to say it was the clone boss. Like there was a dragon boss like immediately before that that I beat in like two minutes, not even joking, like not even trying. I had like this flying sword thing. Then I get to that clone boss. And, oh, and, like, the section leading up to that boss was just a nightmare. Like, I kept getting killed over and over again. And I kept it's getting like, killed by the samurai guy. Oh, yeah, like, um, Zangetsu, who's voiced by David Hayter. Um, like, you fight him multiple times, and it's like... 
I got to the second boss. Okay, so it's like I fight the dragon. That's piss easy. Then I get to the clone boss and it kicks my ass. And I managed to brute force my way through it using potions, which is just like every other DS Castlevania game where it's like the bosses are too hard out of nowhere. So the only way to beat them is to abuse potions, which are rare and very expensive. And but the money drops aren't very good. It's like the systems design of these games has always been crappy, but like this is like what the seventh or eighth Egavania game now? And we're still running into the same problems that we've been running into for like 20 years. And it hasn't improved at all. And it's like, I got to the second Zangetsu fight, and it's like up to that point, I had to keep like dragging myself through areas because the enemies hit way too goddamn hard. And it's just like, you have so many options that it's like, I don't have time to try all of them. I have to rely on what works. Because that's the problem, like, if you give players too many affordances, then it shuts their brain down. The human brain is only capable of storing like seven plus or minus two things in short-term memory at once. So if you give me a billion options to choose from, your brain shuts down. It's psychology. And then you fall back on whatever dominant strategy seems to work. And that's the problem that all of these Metroidvania, Castlevania games have. And it has not improved at all in this game. And then I get to Zangetsu and he's completely kicking my ass. He moves way too fast. My attacks do barely any damage at all. I'm not fast enough to dodge him. And at that point I was just like, do I really want to keep playing this? And there was even a part where, like, I ran all over the castle trying to figure out where the hell I was even supposed to go, and I had to look it up. And it turns out you need to go to not Alucard, and he lets you ride the train or something. Because, you know, they had to bring yeah. back not Alucard in this game. In what is literally just the Master Librarian room. Because it's like, Symphony was the best run, right? Even though that's very debatable. I mean, it's like, I guess if you liked all the other ones and thought the design was fine, you'll probably like this game too. I was really interested in the narrative, actually. I thought that was like a nice step up from the other games. Like, the music was great. The graphics look pretty nice, and I'm pretty sure it runs an Unreal Engine, so no surprises there. Um, the anti-aliasing isn't that great, but, you know, that's besides the point. And it, but it's just like... The difficulty, the tension balancing in the system's design were so bad that I just could not make myself finish it. Like, there's a reason that I've replayed Super Metroid and Zero Mission like a million times, and I've maybe beaten all the DS Castlevania games like once. There is a reason for that. It's because, you know, Metroid games have actual platforming, much better skill curves, much better puzzles, and these games... All you really do is walk around and unlock more affordances that are all ultimately meaningless because you have too many. And I didn't... I, I don't know. That's yeah, what I thought I'm, I'm about coming off, I'm coming off as some guy who hasn't, like... I've never played a Metroidvania Castlevania game, and even then, the amount of Metroidvanias that I've played is... I, I could probably count them all on one hand and have fingers to spare. Like, I have not really dabbled that much into the genre. Uh, so I probably enjoyed it more than you did like the bosses i thought like i, I mean i consistently had trouble with like all the bosses yeah like i and i i had trouble with the bosses i felt like that's the armor that you find never really like it, it kind of fell into that dark souls kind of thing with me where it's like you know you get all this really cool armor that looks really cool and all that but 
you still seem to be taking the same amount of damage from the same enemies. And it's just like, I never yeah. really felt like I was growing in that regard. So the armor just felt worthless. Except for this one piece of armor that you find that is... Oh, can get you, okay? Sorry, that was my chair. I, I My chair is really creaky. Okay. I can, like, sit still almost to not make it make noise. I thought you fell. But like, there, there's this one point in the game where you get like this, you get this soul that like, or this this uh, this crystal or whatever it is. Shard. Because was talking about souls. You get a shard, yes. Where it completely flips the screen upside down and then you fall like upside down. Yeah. And there's this one place that you have to go to. I think it's uh, outside of the clock tower where you you flip it over and then you find this armor that pretty much makes it so that you're impervious to spikes. But yet there's no way of knowing where this chest would be and you need that armor in order to progress to another area of the game. Another story important that's, area That's of the game. another symphony callback, by the way. Symphony of the what, Night the had upside the same down thing. thing. No, the spike armor. Oh, okay. Like, I, I, like, that was a point where I had to look up a guide, but, like, for, for a good portion of the game, like, up to that point, I never really needed to look up a guide. Like, there was the spike armor thing, and then there was the part where you had to fight, uh, the not Dracula guy, but if you fight him and kill him, then you get, like, the bad ending, and you yeah. get to, like, you have to go to this place that's, like, themed after Japan, and then you have to get a sword, and then, like, you have to fight the not Dracula guy until the moon turns red, and you gotta slice the moon in half. Like, there's, like, weird, obscure shit like that that I wasn't really a fan of. But, like, I don't know, I mean, like, I, I, I thought the combat was really fun, and I agree with you, like, you know, there are too many options. And it got to the point where it's just, like, I, I really only used about... I only used like the same four or five shards throughout the entire game. Like I had like the sword shard. Yep. I had the uh, the books that acted as like a shield. I used that one a lot. Um, there was like some laser thing that I got a lot of use out of too. But like at the same time, like a lot of these things were pretty cool, and it also got me interested in in the Metroidvania, the Metroid like Castlevania game. So in that sense, I think it did its job. I don't think it's you know this. I don't think it's a masterpiece, but. For what it is, I, I enjoyed my time with it, and I would like to play the other Castlevania games. Why not? I mean... I had fun. The, the problem with this game is that it wants to be a skill-based platformer game, like the old Castlevania games, but it also wants to be an action RPG with all of these affordances and stats and armor and equipables and items and equipable moves, and it's just... Trying, if you were like the best systems designer in the world, maybe you could make all of that work and make it cohesive. But in my opinion, none of these Castlevania games have ever really nailed that perfect balance. Like Symphony is way too easy, and then most of the DS games are just way too hard out of nowhere. So you either have to grind, or you have to use potions to brute force your way through it, or you have to play it on easy and feel like an idiot. So it's oh, like, well, no matter know, what you do, you don't get the good amount of tension. You don't get the good tension. You get the bad tension of your stats are too low. So you need to grind or find some, I don't know. I don't like it. I, well, I think you know, I'm there, officially there, sick of it. There's an action RPG slash Metroidvania hybrid game that I played this year that I quite liked. Yeah, I don't know if you've played it, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll talk about it. Talk about it now. Uh, yeah, why well, not? Hadox. It's your turn to pass. Is it the... my turn? Yeah. Um. Okay. Pass the kisses. Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks, man. 
Can you can you go a little lower? <laughs> oh, oh fuck. Alright now. Oh <laughs> Um I can either talk about Disco Elysium or the Outer Wilds. I haven't played uh, either of them. So I don't really mind. Um I I since nobody else has played them, uh I'll just go over both quickly. Uh is sure. that okay? Yeah. Yeah. So the premise of Disco Elysium is that it, it's essentially you're a detective. You wake up from like a booze binge. You have amnesia. You don't know where you are. Uh, you're in this like rundown hotel, and there's been a murder, uh, a very grotesque murder. Somebody's been hanged, and um, your your entire thing is like. You're trying to find out who you are, who did the murder, and you're balancing all these politics of the game, all of these weird systems like unions, and um, you're, you're trying to like figure out who did it. There's all this backstory and everything, and the world is very rich, and a lot of the game is basically just going through dialogue and making different choices. Um, and a lot of it relies on your stats, so like... You could have different checks for your stats. It's it's very D&D-esque in this regard, where, like, you have a very... <clears throat> you have a specific suggestion uh, check or stat, and depending on the dialogue, it could be, like, you suggest somebody does this, and if your suggestion stats are high enough and beat their score or whatever, uh, you could make them do that. Or, depending on your stats, you learn more about the world, and you can read certain behavior and everything. Um, it's it's a top-down, uh, point-and-click game kind of deal. Not a point-and-click, it's... It's kind of like Divinity Original Sin 2 in that regard. Like, how it plays. But the story is super gripping, and the music is really, really good, and the dialogue is really funny and well-written. Like, you can become a communist, uh, you can do things like become a superstar cop. You can like look into the pale, which is basically like like an alternate dimension. You can hunt for cryptids. Uh, you can like you can do some crazy shit in this game, and uh, it, it's very expansive. And all the characters are very well written and developed, and. Uh, it instantly captivated me. I, I played this game in like three sittings. It took me like 17 to 20 hours to beat. Uh, and I, I went through like almost every quest and task I could. Uh, there's like... There's this kid named Kuno who I love. He starts off as this like... Really pain in the ass. He's like, Oh the fuck Kuno cat? He's like screaming at you. He, he's trying to be like a bad boy and everything, and he talks really strange, and oh, and so when you first wake up to give you a taste of what this game is really about, like, the hotel or the motel manager is kind of like, yo, you have to pay for your tab, you've been here for like three nights, and you have the option to try to run away, <laughs> away from the guy, so if you fail, you can trip and fall and die, <laughs> essentially. Like, you could click the option, try to sneak away, and you could fail on it and just fucking fall over and die immediately. Um, and like, the game will 
have like a newspaper at the end and another one you can shoot Kuno's friend to like cuz they're taunting you with the gun they're like oh you're you're not going to shoot the body down you you're going to miss and then you can point the gun at one of the kids and shoot them and like the ending will be deranged cop murders child city outraged like the that will be your ending for that character um, and there's also a chair that kills you it, because just you're under pressure. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, there's this big boss uh, and you talk to him. This sounds and he's like, suspiciously you like that one 2001 Konami game where you keep dying and coming back to life. The shadow of uh, destiny. It's, it's. Shadow no, it's not, like that. No. <laughs> it's not like that. Like there's a you part in that well, game like, where you can die by a pot falling on your head. Well, it's not it's not like that because when you die, you die for real. It's not like a a, a loop game. You you go yeah, through I mean, the story like and if you I'm die, I'm just saying the stupidity of some of the deaths, like you die from a chair or whatever. No, but that's what's so funny. It it it's played up for laughs because the, the way health and uh, endurance is measured is that, like, morale, you get damaged for doing stupid stuff or failing, and then your health is kind of like your pressure, and you die by having a heart attack, essentially. And the chair scene in particular is that you're under pressure with this boss you don't know, and he's like, you gotta sit down. And when you sit, because there's so much pressure, and he's so intimidating and just a thick man, like, you, you'll just die. And, um, this is like, the, the soundtrack is super good, the presentation is wonderful, all of the exploration, um, every character, the way you can dress up and have different stats, all of the inspecting and everything, everything about this game is wonderful. Um, honestly, I'd recommend it for anyone to play. Michael, you'd really like this game, I think. And Ryan, you'd uh, like this game. I don't know, maybe. I mean, it sounds like a... Like, is it one of those Assassin's Creed-like games? No, 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 around, no, no, like, no. There's city? no combat. There's no combat. No, it, then, I mean, is it set in a sandbox? No, 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 no. It's, it's, uh... It's, it's structured... What's a good reference point? Detroit? No, it, it's structured kind of like... I'm trying to think of a reference point for you. Um... It's kind of like... It's kind of like a short hike, like King K was describing it as. Because, like, you, you go around and talk to different characters and you have a bunch of tasks and everything. Um, it's another sort of game that if you watch a little bit of gameplay, you'll know exactly what it's about. Um, yeah. a lot of the world is interactable, so you can, like, click on different things and explore different options. Um, it's super engaging. It, it incentivized, like, I'm definitely gonna play it again in a different way. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to play it as, like... A boring person doing like just dumb stuff uh, it, it's really fun I really like it a lot and uh, there's there's a lot of scenes that like hooked me emotionally too 
it, it's pretty deep. It's it's very deep, very mature. If 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 you have like aversion to um, very deep topics, I, I would avoid this game if you're not prepared to tackle into that kind of stuff, because like you are investigating a murder that's pretty gruesome. Uh, and there's there's a lot of different aspects that come with that, but I think like as a game It's super good highly recommended and just quickly. I'll go into the outer wilds Which is the the premise of this game is that you're in a 22 minute time loop and uh, the Sun explodes in 22 minutes and you have to explore a, a, a solar system and try to find out why you're in a time loop, how to break it, how to make the sun from not supernovaing, and you're trying, you're discovering uh, an ancient race of aliens as you're exploring. And um, yeah, I I don't know if you recall this, King K, but when we talked about No Man's Sky, you called it as as wide as an ocean, but as deep as a puddle. And this game is the inverse of that. It's as wide as a puddle, but as deep as an ocean. Really. Um, there's so much to explore. Learning more about this culture of aliens is really interesting. Like, there is no combat in this game either. You're just reading all of the different text that they leave behind and you're exploring and like, learning about the cycle. It's very Majora's Mask in that regard too. Uh, like, different things happen at different times, and you have to wait for some things to happen. And if you wait too long, some things might already happen. So as an example, there's a comet, and it's filled with ice, and it, it goes close to the sun two times, but on the second time, it will basically crash into the sun because the sun is expanding. But if you get there on the first time, the ice will crack and it will reveal a cavern that you can go into in this comet and explore. And you're essentially just recording everything that you find as you explore, and you're piecing together this mystery about the Naomi, and why the time loop is happening, and how to get to the, the eye of the universe. And, uh, all of the characters that you find, like the explorers on the different, uh, planets, and your main hub, just really charming, the music is really great, the gameplay is super fun, and I just love exploring in a way that, like, you don't have to build shit, you don't have to fight anything, you're not, like, it's not procedurally generated, so, you have, like, you get into a routine, you, you begin every loop with something you want to do and want to accomplish on that specific time loop. And, um, that's something I really like about Majora's Mask. Like, you, as an example of Majora's Mask, you know, you go to, uh, the Snow Point? Is that what it's called? The Goron one? Snow Point? Snowhead. Snowhead. You know, like, you begin day one being like, I'm gonna go to Snowhead and do this. I gotta go there fast because I know that I want to defeat Gorg. Got you want to defeat him, like, before the, the day's end. Um, so, or, or, like, if you're trying to do the Goron race, you wanted to fight him, like, at the beginning, so that place is thought out. There's a lot of that with the Outer Wilds. 
And um, if you watch a little bit of that gameplay and you're intrigued, I'd highly recommend it. It's very, very, very fascinating. Uh, I'm still trying to like... I, I finished the main quest, but now I'm just having fun with my spaceship. So, yeah. Those were two other games that are really good. King K, your turn. Well. <laughs> um, has anybody else played Resident Evil 2 Remake? Yeah. Or is it their game of the year also? <laughs> no, it's, it's not my game of the year. We, we talked about my game of the year already, which was Death Stranding. Or should wow. I say Garfield Kart? <laughs> well, that's a plot twist. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, Resident Evil Resi. 2 Remake then? Who has played it? I have played it. Uh, no, I have not played it. I have not. I've okay. played it. Well, at least someone's played it. Um, <laughs> King K says as he <laughs> puts down his cup of joe, sits down <laughs> after a long day of work in his big rocking chair next to his fire. So Resident Evil 2 Remake, I played after shortly after playing the remake of the first Resident Evil. So I had a good baseline for where it might have gone. By the way, first Resident Evil is probably one of the best horror games I've ever played. You talking about the remake or the original original? Well, remake of the original. Okay. <laughs> um. Wait, wait, King K, before you begin that thought, <laughs> not to interrupt you on the horror game, something I want to shout out. Do you, we're going to get political on this podcast. Um, oh, dear Lord. There was a game called Devotion on Steam. It was made oh, by... I know what you're going to talk about. It was made by Taiwanese <laughs> developers, and it's honestly one of my favorite horror games I've played. I don't want to go too much into it, but it was review-bombed because it had disparaging remarks about Xi Jinping, and oh. Steam took it down. They took it down because they're fucking pussies. Like, oh, <laughs> b b what was us? China's not going to give us any more money. It's like fucking Blizzard again. Except they, like, took down a fucking amazing game by amazing developers. And it's such a shame. It's such a fucking shame. It's like every great, every great horror game gets fucking taken down. PT, Devotion, all of these games that are fantastic just get taken down off of their stores so nobody has any access to them. Legally, anyway. Undertale? Yeah, that got taken down big time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't play that bad boy in a while. Anyway, King K, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good tangent, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, Resident Evil 1 Remake... Not only is it the best horror game I've played, it's the best horror game I've played, maybe not the best, but like, one of the best. Um, because it's not just because it's one of the best horror games, but because it's also... It uses horror to enhance its level design. And that, that shit where I'm like, ooh, that, that's, that's some spicy shit. It's not just like... It's not just like you're running away from an alien or something. <laughs> like, it's... Oh, this is a mansion 
that you have to find your way through like a oh this term is so overused but it basically is a metroidvania kind of <laughs> but i don't like to use that term all the time but in layout level design wise it basically is because you've got like doors that you find that are locked and the keys on like the other side of the mansion you know you know the deal um it's that kind of level design but with and like but you're severely underpowered with enemies that are scary because they're so like compared to you they're more powerful and more threatening and i think that there's a lot of value to horror games in their difficulty and that's why bloodborne is still the best horror game ever made don't at me um and a lot of the time horror games that i like don't explicitly seem like they're trying to be like the the horror games that i've tried to play and i'm like eh, are like you know the games that are like outlast or like I haven't played Alien Isolation, so I actually don't know if that's like those games, but... There are some games where it's kind of like, you just have to run away from things, or like, a lot of the time there's an enemy that's like, invincible, or like... To me, those games that seem like ground-up horror games are not very fun, or scary, <laughs> because there's not... Like, the consequences usually just... You die, but there's nothing you could have really done to fight back, so it's kind of like trial and error. In Resident Evil 1 Remake, a lot of it is you know what's happening, you know where everything is, and you know what, like... I mean, there are a lot of unknowns, which is why it's scary, but, like... By the end of it, you know where everything is and, like, how you're supposed to get everywhere, but it's just a matter of can you get through these uh, enemies, and it's a difficult game, so it enhances the horror. Resident Evil 2 Remake, is like that, but with a over-the-shoulder instead of a fixed camera. It's a little more action-y than the original Resident Evil 1. Well, and it looks that's like it's true... excuse from Resident Evil 4, so... Uh, it's more like Resident Evil 4 took endgame cues-ish from Resident Evil 2's endgame. Like, how do I explain this? Uh, Resident Evil 2 starts off like the original in that you're in the police station and it's this big huge thing where you gotta find keys to get to the like you just gotta figure your way through it but like I'd say halfway through is when you leave the police station and just start going on like this linear action kind of thing where like the other half of the game is like action focused and you know where you're going at all times almost and like in that sense, the original Resident Evil 2 probably inspired Resident Evil 4 as a whole in that, like, and maybe even Resident Evil 3. I haven't played Resident Evil 3, but maybe that even skewed a little bit, like, um, towards a more action-focused gameplay experience, which I'm not sure I know how, I, like, I'm not sure how I feel about it, because I think in Resident Evil 2 Remake, they do a lot of things to level design to make the later portions, while still linear, they feel more like the police station and so it kind of feels like a set of hubs that you explore i mean the lab is kind of linear but like they've tweaked it a lot is what i'm trying to say because i have played the original after the remake and uh, i still like the original but the remake is first of all it's like one of the best looking games ever and that helps with the horror especially how the zombies look and how they like 
their jaws will like peel off of their face, like, and you can see the individual strands of gore as it like melt, almost melts off of their face. It's really fucking like, it is one of the most detailed games I've played visually. And I mean, it, like, some of the facial animations look a little awkward, but uh, I think that's a worthy like sacrifice to be made so that the enemies all look fucking creepy. And I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like I've said a lot of why I like Resident Evil 2 because of the reasons that I like the original remake. Uh, the remake of the original. Um, because it's you in a mansion, you gotta figure out where you're going. And I like those kinds of games, and it's even better in horror because it's like, a lot of the time you gotta make pinpoint decisions, and nowhere is that more evident when Mr. X comes in, which is probably oh, yeah. the best thing about the game. Oh yeah. Um, there's not only are you trying to figure out where to go <clears throat> that might get old after a while if like there was nothing to keep it interesting in the original remake the remake of the original god this i fucking hate how like resident evil one remake there we go it had uh it had stuff like if you didn't burn zombie corpses later in the game they would those wherever they died they would come back to life and become even stronger and faster and so that was like its twist and there were a few other twists too that like kept things interesting as you're going through the mansion several times over but in resident evil 2 what they have is mr x who is a a literal he's just a walking tank who can almost one hit kill you with his punches um, and you just have to, like, you can shoot him enough to stun him and go past him, but this is the kind of horror design where I'm like, I usually hate this kind of thing where there's an enemy that you can't kill or do anything about, but in the context of this game, he is a walking wrecking ball that's meant to be an obstacle that you're supposed to avoid while you're playing an actually well-designed, like, game. <laughs> Not shit on these other horror games too much, but... What he's meant to do is raise the stakes a lot. So whereas you have like a puzzle where you're like, okay, you gotta get this lever from another part of the mansion. What's well, not a mansion, it's a fucking police department, whatever. It's, you gotta get this lever and you gotta go to the library and push some bookcases around. Usually you just clear out the zombies and you'd be like, okay, let's solve the puzzle. In Resident Evil 2 Remake, Mr. X is trailing you at all times. And you can hear, I'm not joking about this, you can hear where, if you have headphones on rather, you can hear where precisely he is in the, like, the entirety of the police department based on the proximity of his footsteps. Like, his footsteps are so loud that you, if you can, like, discern whether he's three floors above you and which part of the mansion he's in, or the police department. Um, so... All of a sudden, you're doing this library bookcase thing, and Mr. X busts down the fucking door and, like, power walks toward you. He's, <laughs> you're he's like, well... The stance on that guy. It's so... Yeah. that I just love that stance. It's so... Yeah. It, just the way he moves is so terrifying. Well, for context, for anybody that doesn't know who he looks like, he's like a big, weird, blue man with, like, <laughs> yeah. a bowler hat and a trench coat, and he's, like, seven feet tall and bulky. And the way the game and introduces you is that he picks up a helicopter and, like, tosses it aside like it's nothing. 
If you look up a okay, if anybody right now look up a video of Mr. X, X gonna give it to like, you. Anything about Mr. X of him walking down a hallway? If you see him turn the corner, that shit's legit terrifying. Yeah, and especially if you're if you're trying to do puzzles, which I think is where he's at his greatest. Is all of a sudden instead of you're like, okay, I'm on top of the world, I'm doing this puzzle, this shit's easy. He walks in. All of a sudden, what the fuck do you do now? Because you have this guy who will walk up to you, punch you in the face, and then just stand there and wait for you to get up. Like, you have to run, you have to get out of the room, potentially, go somewhere else, circle around, try to lose him, and then go back. And it's just so, like, it's so fun. Even on repeat playthroughs, when you kind of know how his AI works, it's so fun to walk into a room, see him, and then you have to develop a new strategy on the fly because you're like, well, this isn't going to work anymore because Mr. X is here. And it's That's... like, it has me really excited for Resident Evil 3 because Nemesis, oh, to yeah. me, for oh, what's yeah. been described, is just a better version of Mr. X that appears throughout the entire game, Yeah, which I am super excited about. The the good point that you mentioned there is the, the point about multiple playthroughs. Like, the game is short enough that um, when, when it requires you not requires you but like when you can go back and play as claire like you you don't mind doing that you don't mind kind of yeah. walking similar footsteps but different than leon because like it's short and it's different enough and like it's 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 very stressful to play but it's also very rewarding to like get to the finale with mr x and like this guy who you can't damage throughout the entire game you spoiler alert i don't know you know you know what i'm talking about that scene with the rocket launcher at the end yeah holy shit that's like one of the most satisfying moments but also very terrifying because i fucking expected those legs to just stand up and just keep walking towards me yeah like sell like i thought he was gonna like regenerate i'm like fuck um well, I, I'm just surprised by like the later half of the game, even though it's more action focusedy and it's yeah, not yeah. as good as the police department, in my opinion. It's still engaging, like yeah. in its own way. Um, the the fucking sound design, that, like you you mentioned the sound design yeah. too. Like holy fuck, uh, I was got, talking like, about Death Stranding sound design. This is like yeah, perfect, perfect, and well, especially the Mister X footstep thing. Yeah, yeah, that blew my mind when I first played the game because. It, it, it's one of those things where they're like, oh, games are approaching reality, but people usually talk about that in terms of visual fidelity. For yeah. me, it's like, wow, you can hear this thing's footsteps and discern where it is using your fucking, like... <laughs> like, it's as if... It's like one of those audio things where you're like, wow, you could, like... If you were in this police department, you would hear the footsteps the same way you're hearing them in the game and could feel out where he is. And I'm like, yeah. that's so dope. The beginning of the game got me with that uh, immersion with the fucking hamburger that the trucker eats. <laughs> it's so well detailed. That is a, an extraordinarily well detailed cheeseburger. And I, I kind of like, I was like, wow, you didn't need to flex that hard on me. Like, <laughs> Just the way he eats it too is like, I've seen so many people eat this shit like that. I, oh, the, 
It has probably one of my favorite hooks uh, I've played in a long time for a game too, with the the whole gas station and then getting to the police station, with, with like all of Raccoon City just collapsing around you. I, I really like that a lot. Very very good game. Very very good. Yeah. yeah. All right. And it, this game and the remake of the first game. They, I don't care how the rest of the series is. I love Resident Evil. <laughs> like, all of the future games could be shit, and I'd be like, well, one and two are still like some of the best horror games ever for me. So, have you played Resident it. Evil Seven? No, that's that so really that's good. I've good. never played it. I good. have the only Resident Evil games I played long time ago. I played five, and then I played one yeah. and two. Three, I have not three, played four. I'm really excited for the remake in three. That's gonna be really good. But like seven after Capcom? Oh, can we talk about the fucking amazing uh games that Capcom has just been uh, releasing? Left oh, there's right? another one I want to talk about later that yeah, they yeah. this year. Oh, They've been yeah. doing super well recently. <laughs> they it, over the past few years like I, there was a time when everybody well, it, yeah, was like shitting on capcom uh, yeah i was gonna say i remember when like capcom was the scourge of the internet not too <clears> long <throat> ago not too long ago but they've like within the decade 180 uh please check out our youtube channel for video versions of all our podcasts the music used in this podcast is as follows. Aces High, Almost New, Apro Hour, Ashton Manor, Awesome Call, Beachfront Celebration, Bosa Antigua, Cool Vibes, Chucky the Construction Worker, Crinoline Dreams, Deuces, Dirt Roads, District 4, Fireflies and Stardust, Funnin' and Sunnin', Funky Chunk, Hard Boiled, Hepcats, Honeybee, In Your Arms, Jazz Brunch, Leopard Print Elevator, Local Forecast Slower, Loping Sting, Matt's Blues, Mining by Moonlight, No Good Layabout, Novel Noel, Porch Swing Days Slower, Samba Isabel, Shaving Mirror, Somewhere Sunny Version 2, Spyglass, Street Party, Water Droplets on the River, White, and Winter Chimes. All of these tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You can find this license at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash five forward slash 4.0 forward slash. This episode was edited by yours truly, ExoParadigmGamer. You can find me at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash ExoParadigmGamer. Thank you all very much for watching our podcast, and we'll see you all next time.